Hello, hello, everyone. I am joined this morning um, by my dear friend, Andrea Sager of The Legalpreneur. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I have so much to talk about with you. So we're going <laughs> to dive right in. And I'm just like obsessed with you, your background. And it's just, it's so inspiring also from like one Latina to another. Like I just, I love your story and I'd love to even just like kick off, you know, for people that don't know you, like talk to us about your background. Um, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. So I started my first business in law school. Not that I wasn't busy enough, but I was poor and I needed to make money. So mm -hmm. I started a clothing boutique and really I started selling on Poshmark. And then I started flipping clothes, clothes from the thrift store. And wow. then, yeah, I like totally worked my way up there, opened a brick and mortar store, did manufacturing. Like I've done that whole thing. And then I, while in law school, I also got the big firm job, like the dream job. That was what I always wanted. And it, from the outside looking in, it was a dream. I, I and I remember how excited I was when I got the call. I was like, wow, this is it. Like I'm set for life. I was, I'm a huge baseball fan. And I was in Cincinnati at the time working on the 38th floor. And from my office, I could watch a Cincinnati Reds game, which was like the coolest thing ever. I'm even though I'm a Houston Astros fan, but, <laughs> but it was so cool. And I quickly learned that it was not my dream job, no matter how pretty it looked from the outside looking in, because from my first business, I had this whole network of small business owners and they constantly came to me at the firm asking for help with trademarks, copyrights, and the LLC, all the things mm -hmm. that a small business owner needs. And I was excited because I'm like, I'm a first year attorney. The firm's going to love me because I'm bringing in business. And I literally had a partner tell me to my face, listen, we don't want small businesses. They're not quality clients. And at the time I didn't get it. I was just like, look, they're not asking for a discount. They just mm -hmm. need somebody to help them. And that was really my defining moment when that partner told me that because I knew, okay, I was constantly seeing this flow of potential clients that normally couldn't afford the rates and then the firm didn't want to work with them anyway. And so I knew there was this gap. And finally, I just decided, hey, why, why not me? Why don't I just go fill that gap? And so I, from that moment with that partner, I, it was probably about a month, a month and a half. And I remember daydreaming in my office, like, oh, that would be so cool to be like that, known as like the go-to attorney for online business owners. And probably a few months ago, I was like, holy shit. Like, I remember sitting in my office thinking that, and here I am. So wow. I've learned that my manifestation game is on point because, <laughs> listen, whenever I was at the firm. I'm like five minorities rolled into one, you know, female, Hispanic. I was in the army, like all the things. And so I knew I was like, I, if I can just hold on to get fired, I know they have to give me a severance package. And it was a Monday, it was a Wednesday or actually Monday. My ex-husband at the time, we had just put our house for sale. Cause we were in Cincinnati. We were going to move down to Houston and we put our house for sale Monday, Wednesday. I remember, remember texting him and I was like, I hate this place. Like, I just want to quit right now. I have enough money to like hold us over. He's like, just wait until we have a contract on the house. That way we know it's going to mm -hmm. sell. And I was like, you know what? That makes complete sense. I can hold on till then Friday morning. My boss 
and my quote unquote mentor walk into my office and I knew like before they said anything that I like I knew and it took everything in me not to have a smile on my face because I was like holy shit like this is what I've been waiting for so like I like it took everything in me to look sad but it just happened like everything happened so fast from that point and it was like the literally the universe like okay like this is your time like go do this and Mm -hmm. so I got the severance package I so it actually um we had drove down to Houston to look at houses, but we were like, Hey, we don't know when we're going to move. Like we have to sell our house. Literally we're driving back from Houston to Cincinnati. Somebody comes to look at the house, all cash buyer. We were back in Houston in two weeks. Wow. Living. So things moved really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the store that I had before the clothing boutique, I was looking for a buyer and I, at that point it was just like, okay, all these things have to happen in order for us to move down to Houston house has to sell. We need to sell the store literally got a cash buyer. And then one of my neighbors ended up buying the store. Wow. That was it was insane right there. <laughs> it was, it was crazy. And that's when I knew like, okay, obviously it's time. And so I was excited because I knew that we had more than enough money for me to get started. And my, cause my ex-husband, he was staying at home with our son at the time. And so mm-hmm. he was not on board. He was like, well, like, can you just get a job? And I, I mean, I knew, like, I was like, no, like I am going to make this work. So I, the day I got fired, I actually did start posting in all the Facebook groups with all, Mm -hmm. like all the business owners that I knew. And immediately, like I had clients and wow, it was, it was insane. Like I, 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 I always say I got lucky, but I, I think we just, we put that inspired action into place and then things just start happening when you're in alignment and you're doing things the way you should be. So moved down to Houston, started the started the firm, immediately just started growing. And with the law so mainly what we were doing was trademarks and flat mm-hmm. fee trademarks. But all those clients would come back, ask little questions here and there. Nothing and I did not want to charge hourly because at the big firm I had many times when a partner would give me a a project and they're like, make sure you take your time on this. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking take my time. Like if it takes me 20 Mm -hmm. minutes, I don't want to bill for two hours. Like that's not okay. Yep. So that's when I I was like, I'm never going to charge hourly. Like I'm not going to screw over small business owners. Like I've been there. I've been in their shoes. I want to make sure they're getting taken care of. So all those clients would come back, ask questions. And that's how the membership came about because I actually had a client one time that was like, Hey, can I just pay you a monthly fee and you just answer Mm -hmm. all my questions? And I was like, you know what? That's genius. Let's do that. So that's how the membership, the legalpreneur membership came about. And it has changed so much over the years, but essentially you get all access to an attorney and last year. So in the law firm, within two years, we hit a million dollars. Like things just went crazy in the law firm. And last year, 2021, the membership revenue surpassed the trademark revenue. And that's when I knew that we really had something. And I realized, Hey, we're not playing big enough and it's time to go all in with legalpreneur. So now we're slowly shutting down the law firm, going all in with legalpreneur. We just launched our app in April. We have a million things going on, but essentially legalpreneur, it's like the go-to resource for business owners. 
a lot of DIY resources. If you want all access to an attorney, we can get you that as well. But we're really meant to help every business owner, no matter what stage they're in, to legally protect their business. So that's what I'm really excited about. Oh my goodness. Your story. I'd like also being in the military. I had no idea. Like there's just so many, we have to talk after this, Um, (laughs) but like for me, what's standing out was like, you are so resilient. Like that's like the biggest thing I'm just taking away from this conversation. So I'm just curious, like as you're making this transition, which it's funny enough. And I swear every single podcast episode, since I've been back from Necker and produced that episode has been about pivoting and involvement and expansion. Like there's so many synchronicities here, mm-hmm. but like, did any fear, I would imagine, like, did any fear come up? Like as you're transitioning from mm-hmm. this, like stable seven figure law firm to a membership, which yes, you had the numbers to prove it, but that's obviously like a really big change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a lot of agency owners in our community and done for you service providers who are like, I don't know if I want to do done for done for you work this whole time. So can yeah. you just share like what you went through during that time? I absolutely, I was so unhappy. Like me and my, now my ex-husband where we were in Cincinnati, like we were just so unhappy where we were. We didn't give a shit like Mm -hmm. what happened at that point. It was just like, we have to get out of here. And the thing is though, we had my son, Thomas, my ex-husband was really depressed. Like, and we just knew like we had to make a change and it didn't matter like how, little we were making we just knew like it couldn't get any worse and that's Mm -hmm. he wanted me to go work at a firm here in Houston but I just knew like I could make it work on my own and so I always believed in myself and I I mean that's part of the reason why like we are no longer together Mm -hmm. but really like making that transition of course there was fear that it wouldn't work but it's like when your back's against the wall like it doesn't matter. Like you find a way to make it work. And I'll tell you even now, like I will say go like people think having that nine to five was cushy and then going on your own, like being the only moneymaker in your household, like looking at that is scary, but I just knew that it was going to work. And then now I will tell you what's scary is going from making a million dollars plus for the past four years in the law firm transitioning to startup legal tech startup. Like that is scary. And that's, I knew it was going to be hard making the transition, but it's really fucking hard. Mm. <laughs> and cause the thing is I, and I look back and I'm like, I feel, and I feel like I am romanticizing the law firm a little bit, but at, like when I left, like when I say I left when we were at the height of the law firm, I was working maybe 20 hours a week. Like I would like, it was so, I could say, quote unquote, easy at that point. But at the same time, like I knew I was meant for more and I knew like, okay, there, like I can be doing more. Wow. And so making this transition now, I feel like this is scarier than when I went from nine to five to making, you know, having the law firm because I, I mean, in the past year and a half, I've had so many transitions from Mm -hmm. being married to not being married now Mm -hmm. law firm to really shutting down the law firm. And it's, I think, I mean, maybe, maybe it's because I'm just like in the thick of it transitioning that I think this is harder, but 
when I left the law firm, I was just so unhappy, Mm -hmm. so unhappy that I didn't care how much I made. And the thing is we were moving down here close to my parents. So just having that support is like, was helpful. We don't care. Like we're good no matter what. And where we were in Cincinnati, our closest family was two hours away. Mm -hmm. So having that support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I'm curious now, since now you're entering the arena of legal tech and which is a whole different ball game. Um, and obviously you have this background in law, you know, what were some of the, I guess, precautions or things that as you're entering this brand new arena, like, what did you have to think about, or even just some advice for some people who might be in like a same predicament as you? Yeah. So one thing that like when you're changing businesses, transitioning businesses, even transitioning in life, like mm-hmm. getting a divorce, there's so much that goes into it. So we, and even so with Legalpreneur, we've been raising a seed round. So invest, like investing now I have, so I'm an attorney, but I have a law firm that is actually handling the seed round because that's mm-hmm. just not something that I handle. And staying in compliance, like a lot of people, I think, because compliance is different for everybody Mm -hmm. and getting, first of all, figuring out what it means to be in compliance and then making sure that you are staying in compliance. That's a whole nother ball game. And especially going to this legal tech, what we do, we actually have to do like, there's something different for every state. And so that's why there's not more of these. <laughs> wow. It's yeah, it's crazy. So we're doing all this legwork in the back end. And at the same time, actually like maintaining this business with the law firm, staying in compliance over here and making all this money. Like, like that this is fine. But then going to legal tech as a startup, it is a whole nother ball game with compliance with funds, with, because there's, there really is a lot of work that goes into it because as a service provider, you don't like, that's it. You're, it's not even like a product-based business where you have your cost of goods sold and then you sell things. No, like it's just you. And then you sell Mm -hmm. and then startup wise, we've had to, you know, we built the app. There was so much behind that. And then actually like getting all these team members in place, because when you, there's really, it's a huge difference going from essentially as a small business owner, as a law, as a law firm, going to being a startup, completely different. Wow. And what I'm curious is for those um, listening in for the compliance end of things, the seed round end of things, like what type of attorney should they be seeking out in those scenarios? So when you are a business owner, most likely you need a general business attorney. This can be like outsourced general counsel. That's essentially what Legalpreneur provides. When we had, when I started the transition, I didn't have our network of attorneys that we have now. So mm-hmm. now I tell people, look, we can handle any matter, anything that a business needs. And we're building out more, but essentially right now, anything a business needs, we can help you with. Right. But you have your general business attorney and there may be different subsets of things that you may need a specialty for. So if you have a space that you're leasing, you need to have a real estate attorney look over the lease. In 
you're with your general business attorney, they may or may not be able to handle that. So mm-hmm. if not, you need to have somebody that knows how to negotiate a lease or knows what to look for in a lease to know, make sure you don't get screwed over. Cause I've seen that so many times with clients, they do read over the lease themselves and nothing sticks out to them, but they don't, they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. So real estate. And then if you are raising money or if you have, if you have any type of investors or partners, you absolutely need to make sure you have that partnership agreement with your partners. Investors you need to have the right paperwork involved. So there's different subsets of business attorneys. For the most part, your general business attorney can handle a lot of the setup as far as your entity, getting your contracts, intellectual property. Typically that is handled by your general business attorney. Okay. Amazing. So everyone's just going to come to you because this is like going over my head. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So, okay. So you're transitioning to legal tech startup. You have the membership. You're also planning this epic event, which (laughs) by the way, guys, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I was also looking at, um, on your website today, the link for it. And I was like, wow, this is going to be an epic event. So first off, tell me like, how, how is it going? Like balancing all the things? Cause I feel like there's a lot happening at once and also being a mom too. Like talk to us about that, especially launching several new things at once. Yes. So what I have learned in my healing journey is I thrive in chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a real thing. The thing is just a trauma response. I was just going to say, I think it's a trauma response because I struggle with that too. <laughs> no, it, it really is. Like I get so bored if I don't have a million things going on and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Because honestly, I think that's what happened with the law firm. I was just like, okay, I'm making You're comfortable. Million- yeah, yeah. And I don't like being comfortable, which is a trauma response. But anyways, so all the things, once I like got through the transition of leaving my ex-husband, I knew, okay, it's time to go bigger Mm -hmm. and it's time to make this transition to legalpreneur. And when I say bigger, you guys like, I want to sell legalpreneur for a billion dollars. Like I like, (laughs) Like we're going big and I have accepted the fact like that may not happen, but that's like, that's my desire. And honestly, people are like, why do you want to do that? What? I want to see if I I want to see if I can, like I built my firm to a million dollars in two years. Why not see if I can sell my company for a billion dollars? Like literally I was like, cause I can, like I may not, but guess what? If I don't sell it for a billion dollars, maybe I sell it for $500 million. Like that's still a fuck ton of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like why not? Ha- and what I realized last year, I've never hit a monetary goal of mine. Mm-hmm. Never. So actually the second year in my law firm, I, the goal was a million and it was literally like $957,000. So like not exactly a million dollars, but it's there. It's $43,000 short. And the thing is, if I didn't have that million dollar goal, I wouldn't have made $957,000. So I love setting these outlandish goals because even if I come short, I'm going to be pretty close. Yeah. I love that. And so I remember last year, last year was such a crazy healing year for me. Mm -hmm. And I went on a solo trip. I booked it literally the day before the night before I left like 8am the next morning, went to Mexico by myself and there I was just like, I had been having it on my mind to have a live event because for legalpreneur, 
so many people are scared of the legal stuff. And so my goal with legal is to break down that barrier and show them, hey, it doesn't have to be scary. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be expensive. And I just want my goal is to build a community based on, hey, we have these same common goals. We want to be legally protected and just build this community around legal. So that's when I was like, okay, we're going to have the live event this year. And, you know, most people are like, oh, we'll shoot for like a hundred people your first year. And I'm like, no, I'm going big. We're going to have 500 people in person. <laughs> I love it. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Like, that's like the one thing that keeps me up at night. I, I literally have had dreams where like 10 people show up in person. So that's the part of planning events. I feel like that is a common thing <laughs> that literally has, I've had probably tw- two dreams and I wake up and I'm like, Oh my God, maybe we should just cancel the event. It's like, no, we're doing this. So the event, and then I had, I wanted to write a book. I was like, I feel really called to write a book right now. And it- I need to do it now. I don't have the capacity to sit down and write a book. So I have a ghostwriter because people are like, how are you doing all of this? And I'm like, look, I have an event planner. I have a ghostwriter. Like I am not trying to take all the credit for this. I have these ideas and I put them into action. (laughs) But yes, the event is going to be amazing. We have Allie Webb, who is the founder of Dry Bar, which I am a huge fan of. And she's going to be our keynote speaker. We're also going to have Danielle Canty, co-founder of Boss Babe. Pollyanna Reed, she's a celebrity ghostwriter. She owns the ghostwriting firm that I'm using. And we have, I mean, Chris and Lori Harder, which is so many amazing epic speakers. I'm really, really excited. And honestly, like I'm honored that we're having just so many amazing speakers this first year. Like I've heard so many stories from people that have put on events and I'm like, no, we're going big. Like we're mm-hmm. doing this. So It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I'm really excited. Honestly, like I just want to, and so the event is called dream bigger and it is a personal and business growth conference because I know if you want to be the best business owner, you can be, you cannot do that without putting in the personal work. And really it's a culmination of the work that I've done over the past year and a half. So my goal for the audience that's there is you're going to be introduced to people you didn't know you needed in your life. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what the past two years of my entire life has been. I didn't know that I needed to dream bigger. And honestly, it was Chris Harder that was like, Andrea, you are sitting on something that has the potential to be absolutely massive here. And I remember I started looking into like actually building, going into startup mode and doing all this. And I was like, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And like, that's, that's also my problem. I'm like, I believe I really can do anything. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, sure, let's see if we can sell for a billion dollars. So I love that. I am, I mean, I resonate with you so, so much because I feel like I was just having this conversation with my best friend about this too. Um, because like everything is truly figure outable. Like when you really think about it, everything is figure outable. You can figure a plan out. And as long as you believe it, and that's what I'm taking away from this whole conversation is that even though you mentioned you might've experienced trauma responses, which like we all have in some capacity, (laughs) right. But like you believe in yourself. And I think that's not only so powerful, but it's contagious to the people around you. So I just want to reflect that back to you because I feel it even for myself. Thank you. Um, Oh my goodness. So, okay. So we have the event happening in October. 
October, we have the book coming out as well. Um, talk to us about like anything else. Like what's next? What should we be looking out for? <laughs> um, I feel like there's uh, like going to be like 10 links in our show notes here, but you guys, she is fantastic. So, um, I'm going to put all the links to your website, but, um, what's yeah. next. Uh, so the event is October 5th through the 7th in Phoenix. The book comes out November 1st. You can pre-order it now. And I would love, love, love if you did that. This is basically how, like all the free education we put out everywhere, TikTok, Instagram, the podcast, it's just going to be in one book. Oh, great. One place to get it all. So you don't have to go here, there, everywhere. And just more in-depth stories and more personal experience around like getting this done as a business owner, because I think what people really appreciate me as like, as being an attorney is I'm not just an attorney telling you what to do. I have experienced it. I am a serial entrepreneur. I've been there. I've done it all. And so that's what people appreciate is the fact that they see themselves in me because I've been in their shoes. I'm not just Mm -hmm. an attorney. And so I want people like my, I feel like my main mission in life is to help small business owners realize legal protection is necessary. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be intimidating. It doesn't have to be expensive when you put the work in up front. Yes. Cause I feel like there's just this huge stigma and I get it. Like we've all heard the horror stories around legal, but we really have to just put in the work up front, no matter where, what stage you are in business in order to protect yourself. And it will take you a long way. And really what I've been trying to get into more around teaching this stuff is the subconscious, the spiritual Mm -hmm. side of it, because I can't tell you how many clients have actually like put in the work. And then they're like, oh my gosh, we're blowing up. We're growing like crazy. And it's because you don't have that subconscious belief of, oh, I can't get too big because then people are going to realize like, I'm not legally protected. I'm not a legit business owner. Mm, It is such a real subconscious fear that people have. And I see it all the time. I see it so much in clients. And so that's what I'm trying to help people realize is, Hey, take care of this. And it's going to truly help you grow and scale. Ooh, I love this. I have chills. Um, so guys, you're going to go to her website after because (laughs) there's so much good knowledge on there. Um, but thank you so much for joining me this morning and just like sharing your wisdom. But again, I really took away, you are such a resilient human being and just even listening to your story, like I feel so inspired. So I hope our listeners are too. And if you like this episode, please share it, send it to a friend, tag us on Instagram. I'll put both of our Instagram handles below. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you.